Yes, yes, y'all. What's going on, Internet? The Black Kage here, a.k.a. TVH. And to be honest, I'd like to welcome you back to Hokage Thoughts, the show where I ain't no hoes, but I do think out loud here on anchor.fm slash the Black Hokage. We are also available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast outlets. Today in which I'm recording this podcast is September 28th, 2018. And I want to kick the show off by letting people know that... <laughs> it's the end of an era. Last year... Club Penguin shut down, but the mobile version called Club Penguin Island was still online. But as of yesterday, the servers for Club Penguin Island have been shut down. (laughs) Can I get a moment of silence for all my penguins out there? Alright, since the last episode... No, seriously, shout out to Club Penguin, RIP. <laughs> I know a lot of people love that game, jokes aside. Um, since the last episode, we picked up three new subscribers, so I want to shout you guys out. Shout out to Robert Miller, Quentin Graves, and Brendan Avery for supporting the show. It means a lot because I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> if you want to subscribe to the show, uh, know that there is a big subscribe button on my profile over at anchor.fm slash Okage. Keep in mind that you need to visit that link via the web browser. It doesn't show up on the app. You can sub via 99 cents, 5 bucks, or even 10 a month obviously you don't have to subscribe but it's always appreciated when someone throws a few bucks your way because all this free content and lord knows i got bills all right on today's episode we are going to be talking about gaming of course um some podcast tipping some podcast tipping podcast tip advice um tip advice is the same jesus christ i can't even talk already um we're gonna be talking music uh and then a little bit of life uh i think you guys are really gonna like this episode i really like my show notes on this one um just because i'm gonna be dropping gems all over the place in the gaming section and then uh in the life section i got a really good story to share towards the end uh i guess with a moral of the story i guess uh that you're gonna want to hear because of the question he asked um because uh, it involves like mental health and stuff like that but we'll get into that stay into the uh end of the episode anyways uh let's go ahead and get into this gaming so Actually, I managed to come up with... I just bit my tongue! Oh my god! Hold up. Okay. I just bit my tongue. We're gonna work... <laughs> We're gonna work through this bullshit. Um, on this episode, I actually managed to come up with some uh, some uh, gaming topics of my own. I didn't just take questions from you guys this week, uh, or take from the news, like basically talk about the news. I managed to come up with some topics for myself, because believe it or not, every week I don't have good ideas, at least I don't think I do, but I had some uh, some stuff came to me because some stuff happened this week, and fuck it, let's just talk about it. Right, so the first to- topic that I added to my, uh, my show notes was, uh, I want to talk about the importance of release dates when it comes to gaming. I think this is something that people overlook a lot. Um, you're noticing a lot of companies are starting to change their release. It used to be every game used to come out on Tuesday. Now you're seeing a lot of games are coming out on Fridays. And I think because companies are starting to realize that uh, gamers play a lot on the weekends. Uh, people are off work so they can play their game more versus releasing a game on Tuesday. That honestly never made sense to me because people are at work. People are at school and you might get to play after school or work or whenever you're dealing with your kids and your family and stuff like that. But you're usually going to be tired. You're not going to have a lot of time. So you're seeing a lot of companies remove their uh, release date to Fridays, which I think is interesting. I think it's good for the uh, I think it's good for the industry um but another thing that's uh, really important when it comes to release release dates that i notice is companies do not take into consideration their competition like i feel like a lot of people i feel like a lot of companies are not they're not honest with themselves when it comes to release dates um a lot of games 
are and and this really kind of pertains to what we talked about on the gi podcast last week where you're seeing a lot of you're seeing a lot of studios shut down uh telltale shut down capcom vancouver recently shut down um the studio behind i know it sounds funny the studio behind those are real people that worked on the game that had to feed their family uh the studio behind club penguin they got shut down by disney this week um because they weren't doing well a lot of studios are shutting down and like this industry as a whole is volatile every year there's tens of dozens of studios that shut down because their games aren't selling well and i feel like one of the reasons that their games are not selling well is because they're not thinking about where they place their they place their games one thing that i've learned about life and like i remember my teacher telling me like i have a gift for timing timing is everything you know like time time is the most important form of currency because it's the only form of currency that you cannot get back you can always make back your dollar your yen your peso doing work but you can never get back that time that you spent uh so you should always think about how you spend your time you should always think about where you're going to place things and how you're going to time it um that's a little gem right there for you uh (laughs) and like i feel like these companies don't think about it uh and an example is like games games are constantly getting bodied by other games and then these studios wonder why they go out of business like constantly you'll always hear gamers say why don't games come out in the summer a lot of times we don't have anything to play let's be real here kids nowadays they don't go outside they own the ipad they own their pc they own their console uh so why do games more games not uh released during the summer there's usually like indie games that release during the summer but not like triple a games the space is wide open Everybody still has this idea that they need to release their game in the fall, the winter uh, type timeline because, you know, the holidays, they feel like um, people are going to spend more money uh, on gaming because of Christmas and Hanukkah and all this other stuff. Um, and, And that was true in the past. But like now gaming is so mainstream. The pool of people that you can draw from there's so many people that are gaming you can make money all across all throughout the year you don't need to put your and also you have less competition um and an example of the, the importance of release release dates is um i remember not this recent one shadow of the tomb raider well shadow of the tomb raider did get bodied but a lot of people aren't talking about it even though it's a good game but rise of the tomb raider the one before it that game got bodied you know why because it came out the same day fallout 4 came out and that's what I'm talking about when I say these 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 companies are not being honest with themselves. Uh, Square Enix, like, did you really think that you could compete with the juggernaut known as Fallout is one of the biggest, whether you play Fallout or not, everybody knows what the fuck Fallout is. It's one of the biggest games in the gaming community. People wanted to play that shit. And Rise of the Tomb Raider came out the same day as Fallout, uh, Fallout 4. And most of you probably didn't even know that. That's because most of you did not play Rise of the Tomb Raider. And most of you did not play Shadow of the Tomb Raider because another game came out the same day as that. Hold up. Let me look it up. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Like, they did this shit again. They don't... They don't... It's like they don't think about what they're doing. Uh, The release date was September 14th. Sorry, let's see. Video game releases September. I know there was something that came out on the 14th uh for september 2018 um another game that's gonna get bodied this month and by its own competition is uh i don't know if you guys remember uh atlas it got announced during last e3 it was the game that everybody got hyped because it was coming to the switch and it was gonna have Star Fox in it the little space shooter that game comes out uh the same day um it's something else and that game is going to get bodied uh or just, it doesn't even need to come out the same day just coming out and around the same time that can get you bodied um, and that's because there's so many like are you really gonna play are you really gonna play atlas over assassin's creed most people will not they'll tell you they would not let's see september 14th shadow of the tomb raider came out on that same day uh actually i'm wrong something didn't nothing came out the same day there uh it was actually the week before 2k came out uh motherfuckers are gonna play 2k um and then something else came out. Oh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man came out the week before, too. That's the game I was thinking of. So it's not even just about the same release date. If it's in the same month, 
your game is going to get bodied by another game and you maybe you should consider moving it to another month like one month that i know is never competitive is december and that's why nintendo is smart i mean smash would sell regardless of where it is but because it's releasing in september uh it's gonna get even more attention it's gonna get even more press coverage the only other game that i know that's notable that's releasing in december is uh just cost four and i mean come on who, who the fuck's playing that uh <laughs> so smash has the month of december to itself why do more games release in december and like i said it's because they want to get that holiday money they want to get the christmas money so they release it like in october november so the game's already out so parents can go out and buy the game for their kid for christmas or hanukkah or kwanzaa or whatever the hell you celebrate i don't know blue moon day i don't know if it's a real thing but you get the point um yeah starlink's gonna get battled because that comes out around the same time as assassin's creed odyssey uh it comes out around the same time as red dead redemption 2 um it comes out at the same time as my hero um there's a lot of fucking games that are coming out in october 2018 and for them to put starlink in which is a new ip that's especially bad the worst thing you can do is put out a new intellectual property and have it up against some juggernauts oh call of duty black ops comes out this month um and you're putting this game against these juggernauts that game is going to suffocate fucking uh that's how um what's the game uh with the robots and stuff uh damn from respawn damn why can i not remember um let's see Res respawn i'm sorry y'all gotta hear this uh shooter fucking titanfall oh my god i don't know why i couldn't think that titanfall that's why titanfall got bodied titanfall released it released literally in between call of duty and uh battlefield which is shame on ea they put it in the middle of those two releases which are two juggernauts it can't compete it's a still a fairly new ip so if anybody's like in the industry and they listen to this podcast i doubt it because it sucks uh but if you do i would say and i would say like just think about where you were going to place your games it's important and it's not only that people do not have unlimited money I don't have unlimited money to spend in the fall season, but I do. I will re-up eventually when I get the next check. And, you know, maybe if you release it in fucking March or, I don't know, in the summer or something, you would have a better chance. People do not have unlimited money. You need to think about who your competition is. You really need to sit there and have a self, self-assessment. Ask yourself, can Tomb Raider, can, can Rise of the Tomb Raider really compete with Fallout 4, knowing how big that mod community alone is on PC? I don't know, man. I don't know. So be honest with yourselves. I think a lot of games will perform better. Sorry, I had to take a swig of water. You know, doing these solo podcasts, I'm not gonna let y'all. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. They're hard to do because a lot of times my mouth gets dry because I'm sitting. I don't. I don't. I'm a very laid back person. I do joke a lot, but like a lot of times I'm laid back. I have like multiple personalities and like I'm not used to talking so fucking much. Even on the GI podcast, I don't have to talk all the time because there's other people, you know. But like doing a solo podcast is hard and it's hard to carry it by yourself because you know you want to be charismatic, you want to be energetic, and all this. Stuff. I don't know what that is, but y'all get the point. All I'm saying is think about the consumers think about can you compete with the competition and maybe think about moving there's no shame in moving your your, i mean artists do it all the time at least in the rap industry you'll see rappers move their date to another date because they know like if you know if you are lil pump and you know jay-z is coming out the same day as you move just move your album bro uh move it up a week move it move it back a week just 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 move your album it's it's not you're not competing with him you're gonna lower your streams and your sales jay-z's coming through with that heat that 444 part two i don't know but yeah, that's just what I want to say. Just some food for thought. I don't know. What do y'all think? Uh, do y'all think uh, too many games be coming out at once? Do you think companies... I, why am I even... There's no comment section. Fuck this section. Uh, so the next part of the gaming that I wanted to talk about is... Um, this question actually came from McKay while I was streaming. Um, I was streaming Assassin's Creed Odyssey uh, this week. For those of you who don't know, who don't come to the streams, I got early access to it because I have a good relationship with Ubisoft and they let me stream it. Um, and while I was streaming the game, she was like, yo, how did you get this early? And she's like, actually, she's like, you know, that's a... 
that's a topic for your podcast and i was like you know that's not a, and what she meant is how do content creators get free game keys how do you get free copies of games um i was like you know that's not a bad idea i was like i throw that on the show notes uh so i threw it on the show notes for a later day so shout out to mckay for this question like i said what she wanted to know is how do content creators like youtubers streamer twitch streamers how do you get free copies of games all right i'm about to drop y'all some gems ladies and gentlemen because i feel like a lot of people don't talk about this stuff but to be honest i stand nothing i stand i won't lose anything like y'all getting free keys ain't gonna help it ain't gonna hurt me so like whatever like why not share the information i like seeing other people succeed it doesn't bother me i'm not a hater um get your pen and your pad out because this is audio i'm gonna try to spell out some of these sites uh slowly and give you some gems i'm gonna give you some sites i'm gonna give you some advice and all this other stuff so first things first the easiest way to get free copies of games um is you there's like various like sites that uh pr companies run and you can go to these sites you can connect your youtube and your twitch account and uh, it'll showcase your numbers to them and you can literally click a button request key and if they approve it you'll get a free copy of the key it's really that simple you just need numbers and sometimes you don't even need numbers because like in the ea game changer program i know for a fact they they fly out people who only have like five thousand subscribers on youtube just because they're passionate about their games and they have real feedback and that's one a lot of times people slander ea but like the, I can't say what event that I went to because like I'm under NDA. I can't tell you what game I played, but I, I honestly, I was the biggest content creator there. I was actually surprised. Normally that's, I want to say normally that's not the case. Usually I'm somewhere like in the middle, but I was the biggest content creator there. And usually, and mind you, I was the only black person there. Like it was a room full of white people. And usually when the white boys is there, they're usually, they usually have millions of subs on subscribe, millions of subscribers on YouTube and millions and or hundreds of thousands on Twitch. But in that case, I was the biggest one there. And I was actually impressed by EA. Like I said, normally we slander EA for the microtransits and shit like that but one thing i will say is ea does keep their ear to the street and they do give smaller content creators um a, a chance so look into the ea game changers program just google it um i actually didn't even have that on my notes that just kind of came off the top of my head but yeah i would say google the ea game changers program look into that um what's the name so here's the sites um the first one that i recommend is probably my favorite one it's called terminals and the website is terminals.io that is t-e-r-m-i-n-a-l-s dot io terminals.io and i'm trying to enunciate really well because i know i slur my words but hopefully you guys can get that write that down terminal is run by a pr company that uh represents the witcher uh cyberpunk basically cd project red as well as well as a bunch of other games um and like i said you go to their site you sign up you uh, connect your your various social medias they look at your numbers and I mean, but they don't just look at your numbers you request the game they'll look at your numbers and if they like what they see they'll give you a copy of the game um basically so trip when it comes to triple a games they're always the hardest to get i'm gonna keep it a buck with you uh i've been doing youtube since 07 well i've been doing the gaming thing since 2012 so how long is it 2018 so 13 14 15 16 17 18 i've had to whip the fingers out that's six years i've been doing this gaming shit i'm only just now starting to get triple a games i'm keeping it a buck with you so when you go into this keep be honest with yourself uh be modest you're more than you're more likely to get indie games before you get triple a games you're gonna have to build up those relationships the only company that's giving me consistent triple a games for free for like the past four years is ubisoft and that's because i met a rep from ubisoft and we built a relationship and they really liked me because i was honest like like people be thinking that like ubisoft hates me and it's like in the case they actually love me because i give real feedback i literally told the developers to their face i had dinner with some ubisoft developers one time um i forgot what event it was and they uh they asked me what i thought about assassin's creed um this was the this is around the time i think assassin's creed syndicate had just came out and i straight up told him i was like yo the franchise sucks and this is coming from like a super fan i was like my favorite ones is brotherhood and two 
um three was all right and i didn't really like black flag i know a lot of people like black flag i didn't like that because i don't like pirates i just never was into pirates i never wanted to be on the sea singing shanties with a hundred niggas on a boat just doesn't interest me uh <laughs> but uh i was like yeah the, the down i was like yeah the, the franchise is on the downfall and i should have told him i didn't i didn't i didn't say it's on the downfall i should have told him it sucks but i said it sucks for this reason this reason and this reason i gave him the examples and feedback of how i thought it can improve uh and then i remember they took the bacon they came back and origins it got better i'm not saying i'm the reason the origins got better they took feedback from everybody but uh, they're listening they're open they're not upset to feedback uh contrary to popular belief people every time i drop a video criticizing ubisoft people are like oh they're not gonna fly you out and then they fly me out like, <laughs> like it's not how it works you don't have to be a fucking kiss ass long as you're not being extra long as you're not in videos going yo fuck ubisoft when i see them i'm gonna smack them as long as you're not doing that extra shit company's gonna fuck with you because you're giving just give real criticism okay um so yeah terminals.io they represent a lot of games the biggest name that they represent i think is uh, cyber not cyberpunk but city project red so you can get their games off of there but then you can get a bunch of other games uh i know they get right now they're uh, taking code requests for world war three a lot of people are excited about that that game that kind of looks like battlefield but it's like putting a spin on it because it's got like a some planet side 2 vibes to it um go there connect your accounts request codes and like i said to be honest you're more than likely if you're smaller you're more than likely going to get indie games but that's okay build those relationships up and eventually you'll start getting the bigger games because uh usually when it comes to the bigger games like i said they do have cd project red games uh they're gonna have less codes and the codes are probably gonna go to the bigger people to keep it a buck with you because they have the numbers that people are looking for i just hit my mic my bad um anyways uh another site keymailer.co that's keymailer.co it's k-e-y-m-a-i-l-e-r dot c-o keymailer keymailer is just like terminals except for keymailer is terminals is, is a pr company right they only represent certain games so you'll get emails from them too about those games like updates and stuff keymailer literally i don't want to say they have every game but they have a wide selection of games from all the different major companies um i've gotten a lot of different games. you can you can get an indie game and then you can get a copy of injustice 2 on there like there's so many different you can get all different types of games on there so if you're looking for a wide variety make sure to sign up for that one it's the same thing as terminals make an account connect your social medias and then you literally can just you there's there's a there's a section for new games that just released and a section that are of games that are about to come out whether it's new or it's about to come out you can request a code ahead of time or you can request a code now uh and if they like your numbers basically like they'll send an email to the developers if they like what they see they'll send you a code uh and then the last one is portal.reverbinc.com so that's p-o-r-t-a-l dot v-e-v-e-r-b-i-n-c dot com um and this is another pr company similar to terminals the pr company is called reverb they represent uh different games uh i know they have that new uh smash clone on there called uh arena battle icons uh they have sky noon i know you guys seen me stream that before if you come through the stream that's a really fun game uh, i know they represent uh escape from tarbok like they have a wide selection of games of people like developers that they represent and like i said you go there you connect your social medias they look at your numbers you request the key and if they like you they'll give you the key now the key the key to this i just gave you three sites the key to this stuff that i'm telling i have more sites but those are probably my favorite ones uh and i don't want this podcast to be too long the key to this stuff is if you request a key and they give you a game you need to create content for it otherwise you will fuck up your connections because um i know with terminal and portal especially if you're trying to work in the game industry like i said those are pr companies key mailer is just a giant site where you can request keys from anybody terminals and portal are actually pr companies and if they see you are not producing content for them 
a they're going to stop giving you keys and if you're flying out to these gaming conventions e3 packs or whatever and you're trying to do interviews and network with different pr people they're not going to book you for interviews or uh behind the scenes like exclusive previews because we get a lot of those to you um so make sure that uh, all these sites, they usually have like a section where you can submit your content. And by content, I don't mean like you don't have to create a YouTube video. You don't have to create a review for the game, you know, a first impressions or like a playthrough. You can do that if you want to. But all you have to, at the bare minimum, all you have to do is stream the game at least once. Stream the game and then send them a link to your VOD. Let them know you enjoyed the game or if you didn't enjoy the game, give them some feedback. Um, but make sure you're producing content. Make sure you're linking them, whether it's email or if they have like a submission form. I cannot stress that enough. Don't fuck up those relationships. Oh, excuse me. Oh, man. I just fucking burped. I hope y'all didn't hear that. If you did, I don't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> um, so the next piece of advice I want to give you, we, I just gave you some websites where like that's basically like ordering food online. You don't have to really talk to nobody. You can just request keys and then hope you can get it. Uh, oh, before we move on to the next section. Well, this applies to all of it. This applies to everything I'm about to say. Before you start requesting keys or you shoot an email, which I'm about to sh tell you next about shooting emails before you start doing any of this requesting keys uh for games make sure you have a decent size audience don't go in there demanding keys and you only have 100 subscribers on on us on youtube or only 100 followers on twitch if i had to recommend i would say do not start requesting free games until you have at least 10,000 subscribers on youtube because I think that's a nice little, it's not the biggest number ever, but it's a nice healthy number. It shows you're growing. And I think about it, like 10,000 people in a room, most of y'all can't count to, most of y'all can't count to five without using all 10 of your fingers. Think about that, you know? So that's a nice little healthy number. And if you're thinking about, if you're a content creator on Twitch, if you're a streamer, I say don't start requesting game keys until you average 100 concurrent viewers. Now, Mark, remember what I said, 100 concurrent viewers, not you peaked at 100 viewers one time or you average peaking at 100 viewers i'm saying you average 100 concurrent viewers meaning every time you cut your stream on and like 20 minutes into the stream when things are starting to pick up you can keep 100 people in your stream for like six hours straight that's what i mean by 100 concurrent when you can do that so if you have like four if you're averaging like 40 50 60 80 concurrent viewers at the time that's maybe be some a motivation like try to shoot for that 100 concurrent viewers that's what uh i know for a fact that's what pr companies are looking at can you average that um what's today because i know uh what's the name twitch is uh doing this like thing where they call it bounty boards where basically the thing that i just described the, the, the terminal and the key mailer they're implementing that into twitch it's called a bounty board it's currently in beta only some of i have it i haven't really used it but i know people that have used it um actually jg used it uh and they they'll pay you a certain amount of money for actually playing their game and you'll get a free copy of the game and all you need is x amount of viewers so i know jg got a free copy of ghost recon wildlands uh and the, the the on the bounty the request was all you need to do is average 100 concurrent viewers and you can you can do this so he got a free copy of ghost Re recon wildlands he got paid money i don't know how much he got paid i wouldn't tell you anyway he got paid money uh and that's all because he was averaging 100 concurrent viewers so yeah they're coming out with that twitch i don't know if y'all know about that so look out for that bounty board whenever they roll that out to everybody um but the next thing i want to talk about is and we're on the same topic is you have the key requesting sites and then also do not be afraid to do things old school shoot the developers an email shoot your shot the only shots you miss are the ones you don't take um i do this all the time and to be honest whenever i shoot an email um i'd say about nine times out of ten i get a free copy of a game and usually they'll send me multiple if i ask for multiple um especially if they're like indie games um but even triple a games too uh so you're probably sitting there wondering well how do i find the developers how do i find these studios emails who do i reach out to don't worry, I got you. 
So if you want to shoot an email, uh, this this only works for Steam, by the way. Uh, let me let me put that as a disclaimer. This is more so for PC gaming. When it comes to PC gaming, and you want to request codes for a PC game that you find interesting, go to the Steam page of that game, and then scroll down and look on the right side. Now on the right side, it's going to give you lots of different information. It's going to say like one to two players. Um, it's going to say uh, this is a co-op game. It's going to be it's multiplayer. It's the action adventure. It's like you know it's all the little bullet points. And if you look near those bullet points, uh, like look towards the bottom, it'll say who developed the game. And it'll say what the who what studio it's by um a lot of time not even a lot of times on every steam page just find the studio that made the game and click their name and it'll take you to their website and then when you're on their website usually at the top or it might be at the bottom of the website they'll have either a contact form or they'll have like an email that you can contact you just copy and paste the email and send them an email and be like hey i want to play your game can i get a code um so it's really that simple just find the developer the studio's name on the steam page click the name it'll take you to the site then they'll have an email listed on the site you just got to find it it's usually under usually these websites have contact pages and uh that's how you'll find their email that's who you need to contact um what's the name so you now you might be thinking well what do i say in the email don't worry i got you <laughs> let me take a swig of this water okay i'm gonna give you guys my template now on this part, I'm gonna read you. What I do is I send an email. It's a very, you might be thinking you might have to read some, not you, you might have to write some super lengthy email. Another tip, I'm dropping gems, boy. These PR companies hate when you write your fucking life story. Uh, you write these long ass emails about how you're passionate about your game just so you can ask for a free, a free copy. You look stupid doing that shit. These PR companies also hate, and I know this because like I said, I've built up so many relationships over the year. A lot of PR people follow me on Twitter. Um, and like I see them tweeting all the time, like different tips. They hate when you send an email demanding P uh, codes and it's like super unprofessional. Like I see PR people say all the time, uh, you'd be surprised how many emails people get. They'd be like, hey, I'm XYZ uh, Twitch streamer. Let me get a copy of your game. And that's literally just the email. It sounds goofy, but apparently a lot of people do this. I'm going to give you my template of how I request games. You can use the exact template or you can switch it up a little bit. It's not long. I'm going to read it out to you. You might want to like, if you want to write this down, you might want to pause like little sections and go sentence by sentence and type it out so you can get it. But this is what I do. Uh, and keep it. Oh, what's really dope is I have a Google Docs uh, for like all my from like, it's called I, I titled it review request. And all I do is I copy and paste this shit. I get the email. I copy and paste my template for requesting games in it. I change a couple sentences and then I send the email. So. If you want to write this out, I don't blame you. I'm giving you my template. All you got to do is copy and paste it and change some things around. So this is my template. This is what I say when I request games. Hello, my name is Corey, better known as my YouTube name, The Black Hokage or TBH for short. I'm an independent streamer slash reviewer on both YouTube and Twitch, but I also own GamingIlluminati.com. On Twitch, I average 1,000, well, whatever, whatever number is, whatever, this is the part you're going to change, right? On Twitch, I average X amount of concurrent viewers, so make sure, and like when I type it out, I just put like X there so you know to always change it, maybe put it as bold. And I have amassed over 600,000 subscribers on YouTube. Once again, you would change that. Um, I've recently come across your game, and then I have in parentheses and it's blank. That's the game that you're gonna request. Make sure to always change that, and it looks awesome. I would love to stream it to my audience on Twitch and YouTube, and possibly even do a review. Now, this is the key. I never, I never say that I'm going to do a review because you don't, you never know what comes up. You never know if you're gonna have time to do a review. Reviews are very time consuming, but I always promise I'll stream it at least once. I say maybe I'll do a review. You, oh, you never want to promise a review because they will check on your ass. Um, and then the last few sentences. 
I'd love to request a Steam code available. Thank you for your time. I hope to hear back from you guys. If you'd like to check out my site or my YouTube or my Twitch channel, links to all my social media will be below in my signature. And then on my signature on my email has all my social medias and stuff like that. Um, so let me read it back to you because I know I, I uh, interrupted. I'm going to read it back uninterrupted. This is how it goes. Hello, my name is Corey, better known as my YouTube name, The Black Hokage, or TBH for short. I'm an independent streamer slash reviewer on both Twitch and YouTube, and I own GamingIlluminati.com. Uh, on Twitch, I average X amount of concurrent viewers, and I've amassed X amount of subscribers on YouTube. I've recently come across your game. You put the game there, and it looks awesome. I would love to stream it to my audience on Twitch and YouTube and possibly review it. I'd love to request a Steam code if available. Thank you for your time, and I hope to hear back to you guys. If you, uh, if you want to check out my site or my YouTube or my Twitch, links to all my social media are below in the signature. Like I said, all you got to do is just switch a few things around. Like, if it's a co-op game and you want to request multiple codes so your friends can play, like, if you have a few codes to spare, the main thing is just be professional. Keep it short. Keep it sweet to the point. Be very blunt. Hey, this is what I want. They really appreciate these things, and they're going to look up your shit, and if they'll reply. They'll, they'll send you a code. Uh, they see you're really producing content uh, so yeah it's really that simple that's that's my template when you send an email you might you might be like mind blown you might be not i don't know hopefully that does help and the last tip that i have for you when it comes to getting free copies of games like i said i was playing assassin's creed odyssey the game does not come out till october 5th the game still ain't out in the day in which i'm recording this and i streamed it two days ago i have it like two weeks early uh most people don't know i got i got uh shadow of the tomb raider two weeks before the game even came out and the only reason you didn't know because i was playing a different game like i like to beat one game at a time before i get to the next one but i get free triple a games all the time at this point um and the key to getting triple a games is you have to network at events you do not have to go to every event but if there's a pax in your city if e3's in your city i don't know dream hack whatever there's always industry people there always pr people there um and you want to network with them. You want to talk to them. You want to let them know what you do. Don't be a robot. Don't just be all about numbers. People will always remember a person who had a beer with them more or a slice of pizza with them more than someone who's just regurgitating numbers. Um, yeah, you got to get out to these events and you got to network if you want to get the big games, to be honest. Um, how are you going to do that? You're going to have to finesse it. You're going to have to make mistakes. You have, you don't have to live and learn. That's what I that's what I did. So um, hopefully that helps you guys with getting games. Oh, one more tip. Um, when it comes to the networking at events, or just PR people that you meet on Twitter, maybe they follow and stuff like that. Please be respectful to the PR people. If you're giving feedback, make sure it's real feedback, real criticism. Like I said, don't be extra. Because one thing that I've learned in this industry is you never know when someone's gonna, you never know where someone's going to end up. Um, when I first started, when I first started uh, communicating with Ubisoft, it was one dude that was there that I used to communicate with uh, on the PR team. And he was always cool. Uh, we were always cool. I was always respectful. He was always sending me copies of the game and I was giving him feedback. Um, he ended up leaving the company like a year after I met him. He ended up leaving Ubisoft and he now works for another PR company. And that PR company represents Toei, Ke uh, Toei, Toei, Kekmo oh my God, I goddamn Japanese shit. Toei, oh my, God damn it. The people that make um, fucking uh, Dead or Alive. I, I can never pronounce that shit. I'm just going to say Toei. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so he works for that company that represents Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive 6 is coming out. And it's funny because I saw him at E3 too this year too. And he was like, um, I had Flock with me and I had Nomad with me uh, when we went to this meeting. And he was like, oh, he's like, you with you with TBH? He was like, they were like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I was like, yeah, they work for my site. Like, we've been working on building the GI brand and stuff like that. It's not just about me anymore. Um, 
and he was like oh okay well he was like yo if you cool with him then you good with me he's like i've known this dude for years because i've known him for like four or five years now he's like i've known this dude for years he always is honest he'll tell us if our games suck and i always appreciate but he's never rude about it like i always appreciated that that he's real about it. he's not like a kiss ass and shit like that um he's like if you're good with me that means if he's good with you that means you good with me so i'm gonna take care of you guys i'm gonna follow you on twitter if you guys need anything any games and stuff like that he's like i got you don't worry about that and that's what i mean like build those relationships you don't have to talk to these people every day that's one thing i i, I want to stress all the pr people that i know i follow them on twitter but i don't talk to them every day but i do make sure that they know that i'm alive you know send them a dm be like hey you know this game was dope or, or like maybe they you'll see them tweet something because they're not always tweeting about like what they work on like reply to a tweet like they maybe they they like a funny meme just reply i don't know like make sure they know you're alive make sure that you're keeping that a relationship alive don't just meet somebody and then uh not ever talk to them again until you need something basically that that's that's rude um and that's not even on some gaming shit that's just in life uh and also like i said always be always be respectful to these pr people because i'll they one thing that we've learned is like these motherfuckers they change hands like nothing bro like we had one pr person who used to work for um used to work for PUBG for player unknowns and then she ended up moving to being pr for samsung so now guess what we got that samsung connect uh <laughs> and it's like if you have a good relationship with them guess what you got a good relationship with a new company and like what i'm talking about right now like i said this shit don't just apply to gaming this shit applies to life what, what whatever field you're working in when you're networking you never know where someone's gonna end up so always be polite always be like people will be thinking i just be running up in people's spots just being extras and shit. I, I talk shit to stupid people bro but i'm always professional i've had jobs before like like i, I like people have this y'all gotta stop with this online this online persona shit and like I, i'm a real person okay i know how to move in a room full of business suits and stuff like that and people will be i don't know i got more i'm smarter than people think basically that's all i'm trying to say whatever uh hopefully that helped hopefully i gave some good tips hopefully you guys wrote some things down uh if it did tweet me at tweet at me uh at mr underscore i keep it real that's my twitter let me know if that helped um last piece of gaming thing that i wanted to talk about that i have on my show notes um this is actually a this comes from a twitter user uh Make sure you follow me on Twitter. Like I said, Mr. Underscore, I keep it real. Uh, it comes from at Crowswarm, and he asks, is it better to have game beta slash uh, alpha's open to all or have it to be a pre-order bonus? Uh, I think it's better to have it open to all. Pre-order bonuses. For, can we talk about this for a second? Pre-order bonuses is like one of the worst things that happened to the gaming industry, bro. I remember I'm old enough to remember the only reason you ever pre-ordered a game is because they legitimately used to run out of discs back in the day. And this stems from the the Call of Duty days more so. Uh, I would say it started with Modern Warfare 2. Modern Warfare 1 was popular and it got more popular over time. So when Modern Warfare 2 came out, like it popularity of call of duty was at a fever pitch and i literally remember going to the store trying to get a copy of the game and they were like nah we sold out i went to another game stop nah we sold out so that was the back in the day you had to pre-order games because you knew that shit was going to sell at least it was a popular game um and back then they didn't even really have any pre-order bonuses you were literally just pre-ordering it so you can get a copy of the game because you knew you wasn't going to get it if you tried to get it the day of um and it's become now it's like people are they're locking so much content behind pre there's literally no there's a, there's an abundance of discs now i i, I don't remember the last time i went to the store and they didn't have a copy of a game now like they, they know to feed the consumer uh I, I i wait to pre-order games a week before the game comes out because by the time the game by the time when we're a week out from the game the game's already done they're just waiting to release it on the release date if you're if you're pre-ordering games like six months a year ahead of time you're not helping the gaming industry because you're giving you're giving people money for a game that's not complete and then when the game comes out and it's not to your satisfaction then you're up you're upset like think about it like 
Why should these studios or these game developers go hard and put all their heart, soul, and passion into their making their games if you already gave them your money and the game's not finished? That's why a lot of these early access games be flopping. Look at PUBG. Like, that, that game's on the downfall. Like, I think it's finally, like, on the downfall because it's taking them so long to fix their game. Um, and it's like people already gave them their money, so it's like, why would they need to rush, you know? Uh, you already, they're, they're already in the bank. So think about that when you're pre-ordering games. It does not help you as a consumer. Uh, I only pre-order a week before, two weeks before, uh, maybe even a month uh, early if you really want to be safe. Because even a month, like the game's pretty much done um, before the game comes out. Uh, but yeah, going back to your question, uh, is it better to have the betas uh, open to all or a pre-order bonus? I, ha I think it ha like it's better to have it open to all because that pre-order bonus is trash. Uh, a lot of times when they do these betas and they lock it behind a pre-order bonus, uh that's not a real beta like they be doing they be doing betas two weeks before the game comes out y'all do realize what a beta is right like that's like a rough draft of a game uh it's gonna have bugs and stuff like that if they're doing a beta two weeks before the game comes out the game is already done that's a fucking demo a beta is something that they do like six months before the game comes out when they have enough time to take feedback from the consumer and actually make the changes that you want to see they're not making any changes in these fucking pre-order betas they're just letting you try the game early bro you notice how they never change they never change uh i don't know about now when it comes to alphas i don't know about alphas being open to all that should be closed but it shouldn't be locked behind a pre-order bonus make it to where people got to go to your website and sign up for the alpha and then make it like a, um, a closed thing because alphas are really dangerous uh people are fucking stupid and obnoxious nowadays uh they'll they'll hop into an alpha and then they'll put a review out for a video game that's in alpha and then it fucks up the pr on that game and now people don't want to buy it because they think it's trash even though their review is based off of alpha most people aren't smart enough to comprehend that this guy's talking about an alpha why the fuck is he reviewing an alpha like and an example i can give is um they put out the uh the nba live 19 beta like august 20 something and the game didn't come out till september and there were several people on youtube who did reviews of nba live 19's beta but in the title of the YouTube video, I saw NBA Live 19 review because they wanted that high SEO score so they can get all the views and find new people will find them. Um, it's clickbait. And honestly, those videos in their channel should be fucking deleted because they're lying. But they called it an NBA Live 19 review, even they were talking about the demo and we were still a month out from the fucking game. It's stuff like that that fucks up the game and that YouTube is just trash now. Uh, so, yeah, don't lock it behind pre-order bonuses. I don't like that. Now, when it comes to betas, uh, like I said, in alphas, even even with like a real beta, it's just dangerous. They got to I feel like they got to vet more people before uh, they let people into their betas. Because, like I said, they're going to put out these reviews and stuff like that, even though the game is not finished. If it's a real beta, that's not fair to the developers. You're fucking up their money and their livelihood. And then these studios are closing because some at jackass did a review of a beta. Um, a beta is strictly for you get in there, you're getting early access. In exchange, they want feedback from you. They want you to tweet them what you thought, what needs improvement, or maybe get on the forums, uh, or make a YouTube video and let them know what you think should be improved, what you would like. But you're not supposed to be like, yo, you need to buy this game. And that's where I think people are fucking up. But uh, yeah, open it to all, and they need to vet people, I think, better in terms of who they let into their beta. I don't know how they would do that, maybe not even do it. It, it just, it's, it's one of those cases you might just have to pick your poison. I don't know. That's what I think about uh, betas and like pre-order bonuses um all right so moving on to the next section uh we got a question off the anchor app if you guys want to leave a voicemail to me uh find my profile on the anchor app download the anchor app and then search the black okage you'll find my podcast okage thoughts you can leave a voicemail question i'll play it on well, not on stream but on the podcast uh, and then we'll answer the question uh i got one question and this one comes from anthony uh he wants to talk uh, about podcasting he wants some advice uh this is gonna be a pretty quick one uh let's see what he has to say hey tbh uh long time fan uh, my question was, um, 
says, I was thinking about starting a podcast, so kind of like the other one, a little bit from like last week's episode. Um, what kind of beats do you use? Because I know you upload like probably like five minutes of like the podcast to your YouTube channel. And I know YouTube, you know, the copyright thing and all that. So what kind of beats do you use like in the background to like, you know, basically so I don't get flagged or anything like that? Thanks. All right. So Anthony wants to know uh, where I basically I get my beats for like podcasts. Um, first of all, my philosophy when I edit podcasts is I like to use like um, real chill beats like that you can just vibe and zone out to like when you're doing homework and shit like that. So it makes the podcast easier to listen to. Uh, so usually I'll search for like lo-fi beats free. First of all, I'll go on YouTube and I'll search like free lo-fi beats or free rice and tiller type beats free i don't know tory lane type beats like i think of like artists that have really chill vibes or like free 90s like sample type beats that have like 90s samples on them and the key word here is make sure you find beats that are free on youtube because that's the only thing i look for um and and basically when you find these beats uh though basically all the 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 producer will ask you just for like credit just credit them in the description box or credit them on i don't know if you if you're using anchor to upload your podcast i don't know where you're gonna upload but if you upload on anchor there's a section where you can put show notes uh, so basically you can just credit them there so people can look that's basically the same thing as a description box on anchor uh yeah so basically i just go on youtube i look for free beats uh and that's actually one of the hardest parts about editing the podcast that's one of the longest parts about editing a podcast not actually editing the audio self but finding a beat that i actually like and i can vibe to it's a lot of times where i'll sit there for like an hour and i'm just going through beats looking for something because there's a certain sound that i'm looking for that people can vibe out to i don't know what that sound is going to be for you but uh, I know that that's the sound that I'm looking for. Um, like I said, make sure it's free. Make sure you're crediting people. Um, and then also, uh, you know, you don't have to put a beat for your podcast. I mean, I guess you want to do it because that's why you asked this question. But uh, to be honest, like I'd say like 98 to 99 percent of podcasts, if you listen to other podcasts, they don't use beats. That's a I don't want to say it's unique to me, but uh, not a lot of people speak over beats. Uh, they probably don't. They probably feel like they don't want to get their shit drowned out or something like that. Or they just don't want to do it. Um so yeah you don't have to you you can consider just you know talking uh just make sure you got really clean audio make sure you if you're gonna use beats make sure that you actually um know what you're doing uh i don't know what you use to edit but when it comes to beats uh to give you kind of a range and of idea uh usually uh when it comes to the audio i'll turn the beat down when it comes to the beat i'll turn it down like 20 to 30 decibels play around in that area uh so it's you could hear it when when so when i okay so here's how i edit audio right I edit audio the way that I think people listen to audio. And what that means is nobody, at least I don't think, unless you're trying to blow your fucking eardrums out. No, I don't think anybody listens to music or any type of form of audio at 100%. That's really weird. I think if you do, because you're going to blow your eardrums out. If I had to, if in my opinion, I think most people listen to audio at about 75 to 80% volume. That's where it's like, it's a good loudness, but it's not blowing out your eardrums. So usually what I'll do when I'm editing on my computer is I'll turn my speakers to 80% and I'll edit the audio that way. So that way it's like, it's got a nice little, it's you making sure it sounds good when it's loud and when it's low. Um, and like I said, make sure to turn the beat down to like between 20 to 30 decimals, play around with that. Sometimes it might be lower, sometimes it might be higher. Just make sure you got a good pair of earphones. If you need a recommendation on earphones, uh, you can never go wrong with Audio-Technica. There's, I think it's like the Audio-Technica ATX something, they're like 150. Uh, that's pretty much like an industry standard. People love that. It, it's got a nice little balanced audio too. I've had mine since like 2011. I probably need a new pair because like the, the fucking ear cups are like breaking and shit like that, but they'll last a long time. Uh, that's good audio. Uh, that's my recommendation. So the recap, make sure it's free. 
go on youtube i don't know what type of beat you're looking for personally i i, I don't like i wouldn't use no trap beats or nothing like that i feel like that sounds weird over a podcast i think because at the end of the day the focus is the conversation for me my philosophy is i just want the beat to go with the conversation and give you something to vibe to because i know a lot of people sit they be tweeting me like yo i'd be like bobbing my head to you just something you could buy your head to some little extra something something you know what i'm saying so hopefully that helped you on that uh, and uh good luck with your podcast man uh all right so moving on to the music section of the show this is another topic that came up to me in my brain it's an idea obviously i came up and uh i was just thinking about like kind of like the differences of fan bases in different genres and how they act and one thing that i've noticed about music and it kind of pisses me off this is why i put it all in my in my and my notes and this is kind of I, I feel like it's kind of racially motivated but let's talk about it one thing i notice about the hip-hop community compared to every other genre is hip-hop fans tend to mind their own business now when it comes to a hip-hop fan if you ask them what they think of rock music or pop music or any other form of music they'll give you their their opinion but that's because you asked i feel like hip-hop fans aren't going around to various artists that aren't hip-hop and trying to put them down and down talk them and tell them how their culture is terrible and this that and the third um and what i mean is you can go to any fucking rap video boy and this shit irritates the fuck out of me bro you go to any rap video and you scroll down in the comment section and you'll see when's the english version coming out you know what i'm saying like you'll see all these little snarky ass stupid ass comments from people who are clearly not hip-hop fans like i just feel like hip-hop they mind their business and everybody else is worried about what we doing well we not worried about them if that makes sense it's uh outside and the funny thing is too is like i noticed outsiders on hip-hop always seem to think they're experts about hip-hop has anybody noticed this shit um and that pisses me off too but like we don't once again we don't speak about their music uh like you'll lot you'll all the time you'll hear people that don't actually listen to rap music say oh all rap sounds the same it's all about money clothes hoes and it's like bro what are you listening to like <laughs> are you sure if you're listening to little pump if you're just listening to the fucking radio then yeah you'd be right but what what about the kendricks what about the coles what about the lupes what are you talking about bro there are plenty of artists that that speak actually speak about things and you choose not to listen to them and you choose to listen that's like me saying only thing rock is basically only screamo music like that's like me saying that all rock music that's fucking ignorant bro that's not all rock music and i like some rock music too i know it's not all like that um it's like saying all oh, jazz music it's like everything is not the same and like i said just outsiders always feel the need to speak on us they feel the need to feel like tell us that they're experts and they know about us and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about but that's not true you don't know what you're talking about stop commenting like me personally i don't spend any time giving energy to shit i don't like now if you except for when i do my series shit i don't like and that's because people just want to that's just those are more jokes uh but in like in real life i'm not going around i i like i don't like i don't like little uzi's music right but you will not hear me on stream talking about how trash little uzi is 24 7. now if we get into a hip-hop debate and his name comes up then i'm gonna give my opinion but i'm never it's corny to me to go out of your way to bash people basically i i just don't understand it i'm not spending my time i'm not giving energy to shit that doesn't matter to me basically let people like what they like if somebody likes that shit cool like and you'll hear me say it on stream all the time I'd be like, I feel that, but I, we just going to agree to disagree. I don't like it. it. It ain't for me. Um, but like outsiders on hip hop, they feel the need to comment on our fucking culture. And it's just like every, like they, they, they also feel the need to comment on black culture. You know, y'all, y'all know what demographic I'm talking about. We ain't gonna get into that, but <laughs> I just, I just, I don't understand it. Has anybody else noticed that when it comes to hip hop music, people, everybody's a fucking expert that doesn't listen to hip hop and they always need to comment on what we're doing, even though they, why do you comment on things that you don't appreciate? I don't understand it. I don't get it. 
and uh, I don't I don't think there's a solution to this. People going people going to be ignorant. But seriously, if you never thought about it, go go to any fucking rap video, scroll down to the comment section, you're going to see comments when's the English version coming out. Uh gosh, these 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 rappers are all the same. This is why I listen to I don't know, Maroon 5 or some shit. I like Maroon 5 though. Shout out to Maroon 5. Uh <laughs> it's just just ignorance, bro. And the shit's annoying. It's just shut the fuck up and mind your business, bro. That's a that's a lesson that I constantly always talk about. Mind your business, mind your business. Um but yeah, I, that's just something I wanted to get off my chest. I don't know. Hopefully, uh some food for thought. Uh and last piece of thing that I want to talk about on the music section is a. Uh, Last week, I talked about uh, how Lupe's album had dropped. I had listened to a little bit, but I hadn't listened all the way through. Since last week, uh, first of all, the album's called Draga's Wave. I think that's how you pronounce it, or Droga, Draga's, or is it Light? I, I'm, I didn't get a lot of sleep. This is a reoccurring theme on the podcast. I don't get enough sleep. I'm really trying to fix my fucking sleep. I think it's Draga's Wave. Hold up, let me, Lupe, open up the good old uh, Spotify and pull it up. Yeah, it's Draga's Wave. Okay, I don't know why I had a brain fart like that. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, I sat with it. I've listened to it like 10, 15 times all the way through because for me, I'm, I'm the type of person, first of all, I, I put on Twitter I, every week before the, I record this, these episodes, I put on Twitter. Hey, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, leave it on this thread. Someone said, give me your, give us your opinion on the Carter five and, uh, biracial Bobby's new album. And those albums literally just came out today in which I'm recording this fucking episode. Now I put that tweet out the day before which is thursday the albums came out on friday and they dropped it like mid- yes they did drop it midnight and i could listen to them right before i record but that's that's not how you review music like you have to sit with music and you really have to absorb it and that's why i'm coming back and i'm saying after listening to lupe a bunch of all bet that's the only album i really listened to the past week uh, i really like to listen to music and I have to say, I recommend the album. It's really good. Like Lupe did it again. And like when you, if you if you follow me on Twitter, you'll hear me. Well, not even on Twitter, you'll hear me. Like I didn't understand what the fuck this Negro was talking about at first. And this is why it's important. Why people need to stop giving their fucking opinions when albums first drop. Fucking Carter Five dropped at midnight. It's a classic. This is one. Shut up. Shut up. Like on that song, um, down when he was talking about the fish. And he was like, the lobsters is the, the comrades. The, the crabs are our comrades, and the lobsters are not food. They down for the crew and the horse, the seahorses. I was like, what the fuck is he talking about, bro? But after I listened to it multiple times, I was like, oh, I get it. It was like it's actually in the course, basically. I was like, it's like you listen, but I wasn't comprehending, and then I finally started comprehending. The song is like a big metaphor for basically him like talking about the people who are down at the bottom just trying to make it and he's relating it to different like sea creatures if you actually listen to the song um i was like yo this is a dope ass song and then the product i had already liked the production i was just a little skimpy on the lyrics i did i was like what the fuck is this about and it's the same fucking uh what's another song on there uh stack that cheese i love that song on lupe's album it uh it feels like a follow-up to hip-hop saved my life but it's like the antithesis antithesis Y'all know that big word. Y'all know goddamn big words. <laughs> it's like the anti. It's like the anti hip hop saved my life, but it's a sequel at the same time. And he's like rapping about how everybody, every everybody wants to be a rapper now and a clout chaser and shit like that. I, I think Anon would like that song. I wonder if he listened to that. So it was it was like a sequel, but then a follow up. Uh, all the collaborations with Nicki Jean were fire. Like the majority of the album, I thought was fire. Um, so if you have not listened to Lupe's Draga's Draga's Wave, I highly recommend listening to it. Just listen to it multiple times because there's layers to the music uh i think the production will catch you at first and then once you start catching the layers i'm like mm, nigga, i like this shit right here uh so yeah shout out to lupe he did it again tetos and youth was fire as well um i don't think he's gonna get as much appreciation as i think he is but for the hip-hop fans i think lupe is gonna like it so next week 
next week i'll probably talk about the carter five and bob bobby biracial's new album uh if you don't know who bobby biracial is that's uh that's what's his name uh logic uh yeah so we'll be talking about bobby biracial's new album too uh, i just gotta sit with the albums i gotta listen to it i gotta absorb it stop calling everything a fucking classic uh <laughs> let's move on to the life section of the show before we get into it let me get a swig of this water real quick because i know i'm about to talk my ass off <sighs> i like that asmr all right when we talk about life like every other episode i'm letting you know right now people ask me questions i answer them they are not facts they are not laws these are just opinions i'm not some some therapist or mental health expert or some shit like that i'm not saying that just sharing my opinions it's up to you do what the fuck you want with it i'm not i'm just letting y'all know disclaimer okay this question comes from it comes from twitter it comes from at trust the underscore kid and he asks well he basically asks he wants advice for time management slash self-care he put he put in parentheses basically mental maintenance how do you make time for yourself when you have so many eggs in your basket um i'm a fucking workaholic yeah like i said like i'm always tired uh we're doing multiple podcasts a week i'm also putting out youtube videos i stream daily uh and then on top of that you only there's stuff that you don't even know about all the in dog, i need a fucking assistant there i i, I got like two thousand emails when well, i got six thousand actually on my fucking phone that i gotta go through and a lot of them are like game keys and fucking they want you to write articles about your games shit like that and then like they we want you to work with this and this and that i basically i got a lot on my plate so I'm a, I'm a workaholic i understand where you're coming from when you ask this question there's a lot of eggs in my basket as well and to keep it a buck with you i don't have some amazing advice for this there are, i i don't know what your situation is uh but for my situation i am self-employed i work from home now so when i'm feeling burnt out because it happens honestly i'm it's just like fuck it i i literally just i take a day off and i lay in bed all day i might take two days off i don't know and you could do that if you work a regular job you know it's okay to use one of your sick days to be like yo like mentally i'm not there i'm just want to chill out for the day i just want to game for the day just relax obviously don't do that all the time but honestly that's all i do i literally i you have to if you're a workaholic i'm gonna assume you are because you asked this question you literally have to force yourself to do something for you because a lot of times people like us are doing shit for everybody else and that could take a mental uh a mental toll on you um and an example i'm gonna give you is i'm gonna tell a story a lot of times i don't talk about the l's that i take well it's not really an l it's more of like it's just listen to the fucking story first of all motherfuckers always asking me yo make bring black guy tells back tell tell different stories first of all i stopped doing that shit i've told this a million times but we're gonna put it in the fucking podcast just so we can archive it okay uh i stopped doing uh black guy tales for multiple reasons uh i'm at a point where i just i'm tired of sharing my life stories with everybody it's none of your fucking business um, i'm an old grumpy man now i'm 28 <laughs> uh i'm not the i'm not the vibrant youthful 19 year old on fucking youtube anymore like and i, I look at some of them stories and like i wish i didn't share them like it's just I, it's, it's not a good look i might private them videos uh but <laughs> what's the name uh so yeah my outlook on life has changed what really pissed me off is someone on twitter tweeted me he was like yo he's like i'm an up-and-coming standing stand-up comedian and he's like yo i just wanted to let you know i appreciate you and then you know the tweet was going well but as long as i start i started to read it more you go down he's like yo i used one of your your story one of your life stories from my black guy tales to uh in my stand-up routine and he's like it was my whole stand-up routine he's like everybody was laughing everybody loved it he's like so shout out to you and i'm sitting there reading this tweet and i'm like am i supposed to be happy that you stole my life story 
you bitch ass nigga bro like what the fuck are you talking about i don't give a fuck if you are a fan that shit is stupid and if you listen to this podcast you know because i said like a two or three episodes ago i let y'all know and if you even if you come to the stream because we always talk about top comics i am a stand-up comic connoisseur any like any great stand-up uh fucking special i've seen it i study them like i know jokes by heart from fucking dave Chappelle's uh stand-ups and shit like that i love stand-up comedy and i think it shows in my personality the the charisma the energy like the the dramatics and the, the extras and shit like that um and what if you know anything about if you know anything about uh stand-up comedy you know the best comedians are great because they're relatable and the reason they're relatable is because they share stories from their life they do things they talk about what went on in church what's going on with their family uh what's going on in the political sphere um they have a way to commentate on life and make it relatable to everybody but also make it funny um and like to, in order to be a great stand-up comedian in my opinion you can't just be on stage telling knock knock and fart jokes you got to get personal with the shit and for you to stand on stage and tell my life story as if it was your own and gain clout off that fuck that nigga bro i'm i don't give a fuck fuck him it's not cool i don't like the shit i was like i'm done doing black guy tales bro you niggas is still in my life stories now and you're getting clout off like imagine if he became like the next kevin hart because he stole my fucking life story bro i, I doubt it but the shit wasn't cool i'm like i'm good off that um and then also like every story in my life is not fucking funny people were like did you run out of stories why'd you stop doing it no i didn't run out of stories the stories that i would share on youtube are funny not every fucking life story is funny i do have like epic stories i do have sad stories but i'm not sharing those if it's not funny because at the end of the day my goal is always to entertain people always like people all people like to talk about my fucking views and shit like oh man you had a thousand people in here yesterday why you only got 400 in your stream right now i don't give a fuck nigga are you entertained or not shut up and then you hit that get that ass banned motherfuckers <laughs> you play the shit my goal is always always bring the best content i always want to put my best foot forward uh and that kind of goes back to the workaholic shit um so yeah that, those are reasons why i stopped doing the shit uh, I don't want to tell sad stories. I'm not trying. People don't get on YouTube to be sad. But to get back to your question, because I'm making this about myself and I sound like Ace. Uh, <laughs> the the mental health thing. The, the story I'm about to tell you is why I gave you the advice. Some days you just say, fuck it. I need some me time. Because at the end of the day, uh, your health is all you have in this world. Uh, and I can tell you that right now as I, as I get older. like I remember my dad when I was young. Like uh, me and my dad are like, 20 some years apart or some shit like that so when like let's say when he was like 28 i was like eight and uh like i remember like he would just come back and he'd be like yo my knees hurt i'm like why your knees hurt like you do he's like i'm getting older and it's like as i get older i see what he's talking about like shit don't function the way it used to man like it's days where you wake up and it's like maybe your back hurt or like you it takes long i noticed it takes longer for me to recover from uh workouts like i've had to incorporate incorporate um warm-ups now and cool downs before i used to just get on the treadmill go no stretching no nothing get off that bitch i'm ready like like as you get older you gotta take care of yourself in this world all you have is your health and especially your mental health is important so take care of yourself some days just say fuck it i need some me time it's okay to use your time uh some of your off time to take care of yourself um and this is the reason why so i'm gonna tell the story uh it's basically i guess you can define it as an l and this is like a wake up call for me on why I needed to take better care, better, better care of myself. I don't really like to talk about mental health that much because I don't know much about it. But in this case, I think I can relate to it on this one. So I'll talk about it. I'm just the type of person I don't if I don't know nothing about it. I keep my mouth closed because I don't think that's cool to talk about shit you don't know about. Um, anyways, so for those of y'all that don't know, I used to be a preschool teacher. 
I used to work in uh, I used to work on a military base uh, on what and that. So, OK, so oh, I got to break this down. I got to get y'all the, like the whole life story and shit. So for those of you who don't know, my father was in the army um, and I always and I I hated the term military brat. If you don't know what a military brat is, basically, it's like a kid who's in the military and they basically call you spoiled because you get to move around all the time and get to see all this other stuff. I, I didn't I didn't move around and get to see all this crazy shit. And on top of that, I hated the term because I fucking I went during during the school year. I did go to school like in the suburbs. I went to like nicer schools and stuff like that, where it was more, I guess, affluent and it was a mixed race of people. Although in high school, it was mostly like black and Hispanic, but what, 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 fuck it. Uh, like during my earlier years, I did go to nicer schools, I guess, and I lived in nicer neighborhoods. But during the summertime when we were out of school, <clears throat> my family, so my family, my father's side is from the south side of Chicago. Uh, real, like that's the trenches. I'm talking about the trenches, bro. And then on my mom's side, they from East St. Louis, which once again is the trenches. Uh, and then some of my family from the south side of Chicago, they moved to Atlanta. So most of my family is located in Atlanta, Chicago and East St. Louis. Uh, and during during the school year, I went to school in nice schools, lived in nice neighborhoods. But during the during the summertime, when we was out of school, I lived in the hood. Uh, so a lot of times people are like, why do you have all these uh, like uh, why do you have all these different? How do you have all these different perspectives or whatever? And it's because I lived a lot of life. Uh, and back then, I, back then I was like, whatever about it. Uh, I, I guess I don't know. I don't want to say I took it for granted, but I, I never realized it. I appreciate it now because you get to see how different people live. You get to talk to different types of people. Uh, so like I said, yeah, school year, nice neighborhoods. During the summer, I was living in the hood with my cousins and shit. My my father always made it a he made it a goal, not a goal, but he made sure that we always went back home and stayed rooted, basically. Uh, and it gave me it gave me different perspectives. I always understand both perspectives. Basically, I can understand where both sides are coming from, the rich and the poor, although I would never call us rich. We were like lower middle class, really. Um, so yeah, that's why the way I speak, the way I speak to every slurring words and shit like that, because I've had both walks of life and it plays it plays it plays a role into what I'm about to tell you right now. Um, so when I moved out of my parents house, uh, I moved out at like 18 and a half, some shit like that. Very early 19, maybe. Um, I've been on my own. I, I hopped off the porch very early. <laughs> and uh, when I moved out of my parents' house at the time when I was working a job, uh, I was working uh, at the CDC, the Child Development Center uh, on the military base. And basically what it is, is like uh, it's a mix between preschool and a daycare. Uh, I started off as a preschool teacher, but I didn't like working with the preschool kids. They fucking talk too much. Uh, <laughs> and then and they're a little jumping all over you and shit like that. Uh, well, actually, I'm gonna tell you. I'll tell you a story. No, nah, I'm not gonna tell that story. Fuck it. Why I really left, but I, I there was a there was a certain situation that happened when I was first starting off as a preschool teacher. I went to the front the front office and I requested to be traded to the younger kids, and I started eventually working with toddlers. Um, so by toddlers, I mean one and a half to three year olds. Uh, and I can proudly say that I have potty trained over fifty children. And I did it. Their parents always would thank me because I was good at it. Kids, listen. I don't know what it is. Kids just listen to me. I don't know if it was my energy. And like I was funny. Like they and I would always talk about like superheroes and they like that and shit like that. Like, I don't know. Kids. I'm good with kids and I like kids. So um, when I first moved out, I was working uh, as a preschool teacher. And at that time, I could only afford to live in the hood. And this kind of plays back to what I was talking about, how I lived in both both environments. Um, 
my parents my well, specifically my dad my dad didn't want me to go live in the hood but it's all that i could afford and i didn't want to be under my dad's umbrella just because i have a i don't know like two alpha males in one house doesn't work so we're always clashing it's not like no beef shit but it's like i just wanted to do my own thing basically i was confident in my own abilities to basically find my own. i wanted to i wanted to find my own way early um i didn't want to be one of these people moving out the house at fucking 29 and shit still trying to figure out what who they are and all this other stuff um so yeah, when I first moved out, all I could afford is to live in the hood. And you from the DMV, you already know. Uh, I was living um, on the borderline of like Southeast DC. Uh, I was living near the projects. Uh, you know, typical hood shit. You know, you hear sirens, gunshots, uh, a lot of other bullshit, arguing and all this other stuff. But, you know, because I had had that experience of living in the hood as a kid, I was comfortable with starting at the bottom. Uh, I was confident in that I could make my way out. Um, so yeah, they, my, my dad didn't want me to, but I ended up going. I, I i survived clearly living in the hood is not that bad like you just got to mind your fucking business just like everything else uh you love how minding your business always comes up i'm sorry that i'm rambling i hope uh, this is helpful so i'm living in the hood um i'm working at the uh the, the cdc and i didn't have a car at the time um and so the way that i got to work is i had to catch two buses and two trains every day to and from work so actually i was catching two i was actually catching four buses and four trains every day to work uh back when i was younger uh i would have to wake up at like four in the morning because this is back when back then the only time i had time to work out is in the morning because in the evening i had to catch the bus because the bus is cut off at a certain time so i was getting up at 4 a.m i'm out the house by five uh i'm in the gym at 6 a.m then i go to work by like 8 a.m uh i think i got off at like 10 not not at 10 i got off at like six i think uh, and then I'm catching the bus and the train. So four buses and four trains every day, plus a little bit of walking because I didn't have a car. Um, so naturally, by the time I got to work, I was always tired because I had already worked out. I wasn't tired, but I felt, you know, I felt like I did a little workout. I, I had a little, and then on top of that, I had to entertain the kids because y'all yeah, know I'm, I'm gonna be entertaining regardless. I'm going, I'm going. If your kids is with me, I'm going to entertain them. I'm, I, I can be funny without cussing. I'm a funny guy. I'm a funny guy. At least I think that's what my mom told me. I think. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I'm working with the kids and the way that working with the kids works is uh, so this military base was in the state of Virginia. Um, I would commute from Maryland to Virginia. Um, and in the state of Virginia, there's laws when it comes to working with kids. We have these things called teacher ratios. Um, I actually I had the title of teacher because we, uh, like a CDC it wasn't a daycare. Uh, it, it was like I said, it's a child development center. So like I wasn't just there playing with the kids. I had to teach them like basics, uh, handwriting uh their abcs their colors different shapes just basically kindergarten shit before they were gonna get, it was like pre-preschool basically that i was working when i was working with the toddler so we get to hold the teacher the title of teacher um and what's the name uh like i said i would be tired i'm taking the buses and shit like that and i just lost my fucking train of thought where am i going with this story um this shit was hard because i was always tired the shit was hard. I'm trying to get to the... I'm so sorry. The shit was hard because I was always tired. And... Um, oh, the ratios. My bad. So ratios. The way it worked in the state of Virginia when you're working with kids, a certain age group, there's a certain ratio. So basically, a certain amount of kids is allocated to a one teacher, right? So when it comes to the preschool ages, like four to three to five or something like that, you were allowed like, I think like six kids to one teacher. So if there were 12 kids in the room, there needed to be two teachers at least. Uh, when it came to the age group that I changed to eventually, the toddlers, the one to three and a, the one and a half to three year olds, the ratio was four kids to one teacher. So if there were eight kids in the room, there needed to be two teachers. Um, the story I'm about to tell you is on this particular day, I was already tired that day 
And like I said, when it comes to me, I'm a workaholic. Uh, I always try to put my best foot forward and I always try to make sure your kids were entertained. Uh, I always try to make sure that they like my kids. <laughs> people loved my motherfucking kids. First of all, we won best room one year. Uh, and also people love. So they have this thing where they call. I forgot what they call it. But once my kid would hit three, they would go to the preschool room and people would love getting my kids because my kids were always smart. They were always well spoken. There's always this thing we used to say. You can tell when people talk to their kids based off how they talk to people. They usually have a bigger vocabulary and stuff like that. Um, and uh, fucking on this particular day, I remember I had 15 kids by myself. I, I feel like this story is all over the place. I'm sorry. So there was one day I had 15 kids by myself. We were under we were understaffed. 15 kids. Now, if we do the ratio, it's supposed to be one to four. So let's see. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. There should have been at least four teachers in that room that day. They were understaffed that day. They were understaffed. They were letting people go home for whatever reason, even though they were understaffed. They should have paid people overtime, but they weren't. And I worked the closing shift. So I had to deal with 15 toddlers by myself. Imagine having 15 two-year-olds in the room by yourself. And because I, like normally my kids are very well behaved on, but on this particular day, for some reason, they were just being extra. Um, and I was just, I just remember you had kids throwing toys. Some kids were like yelling at each other. You had kids drawing on shit. Fucking some kids. There was always kids splashing in the water in the little sink they had. <laughs> people playing with the damn little. We had a toilet in the room to potty train them. Fucking people playing with the damn toilet and shit. Just imagine like any type of movie where like a kids are just crazy shit is just going on and I can't control it because I don't have any help. Normally they listen to me, but this this particular day I don't know what happened. Um, and I just remember standing there looking around, and I all I remember is I woke up. I opened my eyes and I was looking up at the ceiling. I was laying on the ground and my head hurt like a motherfucker. This is after like all the crazy shit was going on. My head was hurting like a motherfucker, right? Um, and I knew something was wrong really bad because like I said, those kids were acting crazy that day. And when I opened my eyes, all of my kids were circled around me. And they said, Mr. Coy, are you okay? Are you because I never I never let them call me by my last name. I always said the, I always thought that was weird because I was like young. I used to they'd be like, Mr. Coy, are you okay? Are you okay? Like they're like trying to help me up and stuff like that. And I'm like, did I just pass out? So I stand up, I'm stumbling, my my vision is blurred, my head. I tell you, I've never felt the pain before like this in my head. And I I didn't ask for the camera footage uh, or nothing like that. Like <laughs> I just I'm I'm 99.9% .9 sure I passed out at work and I had a concussion. Uh, I've, I I didn't go to the doctor for it, um, but I'm pretty sure that I had a concussion because I was stumbling. My words were slurring. My vision was fucked up um, and I had a pain in the back of my head that I never felt before. I'm pretty confident I fell backwards and hit my head like I could have died. Uh, and this all came from being overworked. It wasn't just having the over the lack of race the lack of teachers i was already tired from working out i was already tired from the day the commute it was just a lot i was going to work every day i was never taking days off and on top of this i was actually most of you don't know i was still working in this job and i was still doing like youtube and shit full time and i was making enough i was making enough money off youtube and twitch at this time to where i could have been quit i was literally going to my job at this point in my life just to get out the house uh <laughs> i didn't want to go full time with the content creation and shit like that uh so yeah, I woke up, I'm stumbling, I'm 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 pretty sure I was concussed. The kids are like, Are you okay? Are you okay? I'd never seen them so fucking well behaved. They were like and like I sit down, I was like, yo, I just need y'all to chill out. 
like get some toys everybody just have fun be nice to each other and stuff like that like i'm trying to get it together trying to figure out what's going on and like i sat down at one of the tables and a bunch of the kids sat down with me and all of them were just like looking up at me like really scared so that's why i said i'm 99.9 percent .9 sure i fell back and hit the back of my head uh because i was so overwhelmed and i've never passed out in my life like it's the weirdest fuck like that shit that happened to uh What's the TV talk show host? Uh, Wendy Williams. I'm pretty sure that happened to me. Like she was just fine one moment. And the next thing you know, like you just collapse and you're on the floor. And I had to get up and I, I finished the day. I was I was fucked up, but I managed to finish the day. I, I drank some water. I was like leaning up against stuff, just trying to keep my eye on the kids, trying to be fine. And that all came from just overworking myself. I was doing YouTube, Twitch full time. I was doing my job full time. I, I wasn't working part time. I was working full time. I, I was working like fucking 80 hour weeks or some shit like that. Like it was just fucking crazy overworking myself. And uh, I remember that day after all the kids got picked up, I went to the uh, I'm going to clock out in the front. And like there's staff sitting up there. And one thing that pissed me off, and this is why I ended up quitting my job. The one thing that used to piss me off is uh, there were people who were up there working in the front and their job wasn't teacher, but they're all qualified to be it. They're higher ups. Uh, and like the, the rules are if there are not enough teachers, if you're understaffed, the people who are working the front are supposed to come help you and they didn't come help me. So I'm clocking out and they was like, oh, we hope you have a, a good day. I'm like half concussed. I was like, yo, fuck you. I was like, and, and like, I'm not I'm not saying that for the sake of this story. Like I legitimately said, I was like, yo, fuck you people. And then he was like, what are you talking about? I was like, y'all know what y'all did. I was like, y'all left me in that room by myself. And I was like, I'm not the type of person to bitch and complain. I had called the front office multiple. I was like, yo, I need help. I need help. I'm caught because we have phones in the room. You can call the front. I need help. Y'all never sent nobody. I don't give a fuck y'all was understaffed y'all sitting up here doing nothing it only takes one person to be the secretary and run this shit everybody else need to be out in the rooms helping people in the trenches and shit like that um so at that point i was done with my job uh like like the like i think it was like a friday like that next week i came in monday i put in my two weeks notice i was like i'm out of here I, like i don't need to be here like, y'all don't appreciate me this is why i need to work for myself because nobody's ever going to work harder than like i like nobody was working harder than me basically is what i felt like like i felt like i was running the room i wasn't getting any help and I passed out. I've never passed out in my life. Still to this day, I have never passed out. And anybody who comes through to my streams or watches my videos, y'all don't know me completely, but I feel like it comes through in my personality. I'm a very poised person. I do not get rattled easily. I do not get shaken. But like that particular day, I was just tired. I passed out. I couldn't do it. And the moral of the story is, like I said earlier, some days you need to just say, fuck it and like take some time for yourself, bro. If you, if you lose a couple bucks, oh, well, bro, you cannot... You cannot get your mental health back. Once you go crazy, you go crazy. Well, I don't want to say that. I don't know shit about mental health. Don't don't listen to me on that. Uh, just the point is, make sure that you good, because if you good, everybody else good. Uh, and also, if you good, you're gonna be more productive. Uh, once I had passed out and hit my head, I knew I could no longer be productive. I could not stand the people there. I had already hated everybody at my job because I didn't get a lot of help. All the kids, all the this is how I knew my job was bad, right? The kids loved me so much that kids are not stupid they see who's helpful and who's not who's interactive and who's not a lot of the chicks uh, where i worked it was like 200 women and it was like four dudes i was one of four dudes and i was the only dude that worked in my hallway with the with the younger kids and a lot of the women that worked there were very lazy they did not do they did the very minimum they just pull out some toys they weren't teaching like they were supposed to do and i was always coming up with curriculum because i had to come up with curriculums and shit like that like i was doing real teacher shit um and like this like i said this is how i knew it was bad it was bad when the little girls in my class were coming to me to do their hair. I knew nothing about like, and this is before this is before I had dreads. I, I knew nothing about doing women's hair, but they knew these children were smart enough to know that they knew if they asked one of the female teachers in the room to help them, they more than likely were not going to do it. So a lot of times, 
like their parents were like i don't know why their parents weren't doing their hair and and, and keep in mind these i had multiple i had i had black kids in my room i had white kids i had hispanic i had different types of textures and i had to learn how to do it so like if i have a daughter one day i i know how to i don't know how to do some basic shit like some ponytails and shit like that uh i, I can do females hair a little bit now because i it's a, it sounds goofy, but it, you know, it never hurts to have more skills. Now I know if I have a female, if I have a, uh, a daughter, I'll be good on that. Um, but yeah, that's how I knew when they, when they would, when they, when the girls in my class started coming to me, little two-year-old girls asking me to do their hair, I was like, go ahead, go get your bowrets. I was like, let's do this. And then I'm like, you know, when I'm finished, I was like, I'm showing to the mirror. I'll be like, you like it? Like, yeah, I think they kind of like, all right, well, whatever. Uh, I, I ended up asking some of the females like how to do hair. Uh, so I got better at it. eventually. Like at first, I was I'm not gonna lie, I was fucking the hair because I didn't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> so I asked some of the females that I that I did like at the job, the few that I did like. I was like, yo, how do you do their hair and stuff like that? Because they're asking me, and I don't want to say no because uh, they cl- they clearly like me and they trust me. And you don't want to lose that trust with the kid. So I ended up learning how to do women's hair. Uh, so yeah, that's a skill trade I have. Nothing crazy, but some basic shit. Uh, and it came in handy because I got I got long hair now. <laughs> yeah so basically take time for yourself make sure you good because if you good you're gonna be productive uh hopefully that helped um that's all i got on my show notes um other than that i guess we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up um the show is available on spotify itunes all other major podcast outlets consider subscribing to the show hopefully you guys i helped you guys out whether it was with the uh taking care of your stuff shit or um with the gaming stuff all the gems that i dropped there because uh, you, you, you don't be like me don't don't work yourself to the point where you passing out uh it's not good for you take learn from my l's basically um like i said that's all i got on my show notes uh hopefully we'll see you next week if we got enough good uh topics and questions and stuff like that but yeah this has been another episode of hokage thoughts, thoughts.